Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we're all just trying to survive in a rough world. What's up, STS Nation, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you the very best guests in all of true crime, and today is no exception to that rule. Uh, Lyle and Eric Menendez, that's who we're going to be talking about today. They were convicted of the grisly 1989 shotgun murders of their parents, Jose and Mary Louise Kitty Menendez, at the family's sprawling Beverly Hills mansion, and they have been in prison ever since. But do they have a shot at freedom right now after a bombshell letter surfaced, uh, as well as the release of a new documentary supporting the brothers' claims of sexual abuse by their dad, Jose Menendez. Now, a former prison guard for Lyle and Eric Menendez is speaking out, warning to think twice before granting the duo their freedom. And that prison guard is here. Uh, Hector Bravo Farrell uh, was a lieutenant in the California Department of Corrections for 16 years before resigning from his post at Richard J. Donovan Correctional Facility. He worked in the same unit as the Menendez brothers, Got to know both of them well. He is a decorated combat veteran wearing his uh, Army shirt, I believe. He's also the author of Operation Yard Call, an in-depth guide to working inside a correctional facility. And he is the host of his own YouTube channel called That Prison Guard. And That Prison Guard is here today. Uh, And then we might be joined by Gunnar Allen Lindblom, who spent uh, 13 years in prison for extortion. Uh, he is MIA at the moment, uh, but the man who is not, A.B. Butler, who spent 30 years behind bars, the man does not age because he doesn't even look 30. Uh, he was in on drug charges, just told me he got released, I believe it was 2007. Since then, he's been actively involved in the music industry. A New Yorker, not far from where I grew up in Jersey, and uh, an all-around good guy. So. Uh, without further ado, uh, let's get into it uh, real quickly. Facebook, Insta, Twitter is where you find us. Twitter, uh, I tweet out the showtimes at Podcast STS. You can support us on YouTube and Patreon. And the merch store is officially open. So um, before we even get cracking here, Hector, um, oh, we got we got people hovering around. Uh, Hector, tell me... Um, you were a combat veteran. Uh, what drew you into the corrections department? Uh, what drew me in is being from a small town, Brawley, California. There's two prisons located there, uh, Sentinella State Prison and Calipatria State Prison. My father was a correctional officer at Sentinella State Prison. And what area of California is that? Southern California on the border of Mexico. Okay. Uh, so you followed your father's footsteps, but before that, you uh, were you in you were in the military. Were you in the army? What you what what did you do and in what branch? Yeah, I joined um, sh- shortly after two uh, two thousand one, the Twin Towers. I joined the army infantry. So uh, you know we were already in war in Afghanistan at that time. Um, AB, just so the audience knows, a little refresher. You've been on before, but. Uh, you went in in what, like '87 on a on a drug rap? Is that right? Yeah, I went over a drug charge. Yeah, it got set up. And, yeah. and but you were there for a long time, right? Decades. You know what I mean? It was decades. How come some but I'm guys? I'm here now. I'm here now. But AB, how come some guys, you know, get manslaughter on a murder charge on a murder rap? You were on a in there for a drug rap for uh, 
30 years? How, how come it works that way? Well, I'm going to say it this way. You know, I wasn't a former. I wasn't an agent. I wasn't Michael Jackson. I wasn't weak. So when you don't tell and to get your sentence knocked down, it's going to be hard on you. So they was hard on me. And then, you know, I just lay down there my time, man. It don't, it don't matter. One thing I tell the officer right here, he know what I'm saying. At the end of the day, one thing they could never do, they could never stop that clock. Yep. Never stop the clock. That's a good yeah. point. Um, we were on a little conference call today with the great Steve Cohen, the booking producer. You told him he wouldn't do too well in prison. So uh, he, was, uh, he wasn't too happy to hear that. So you said he'd be doing some, uh, some dirty work for some yeah. men in there, yeah. if you get my drift. But yeah. I veer off the topic. Back onto the topic here. So uh, there's a lot to cover. Uh, bottom line is Mark Garagos, very famous criminal defense attorney, filed what's known as a writ of habeas corpus. And we're going to have uh, Sarah Azari, his former partner, on tomorrow, as well as state attorney David Arenberg to talk about the legal aspect of this. But Basically, Mark Aragos is saying that within 45 days, which it is now close to since they filed that motion, they should be hearing something uh, from the court. And uh, the end game for Mark Aragos and obviously the Menendez brothers is to walk out of prison free uh, since being incarcerated uh, since 1989. Uh, that's a long time. And obviously, AB can relate to that period of time. But they have been doing their time and that clock has been ticking. Um, Hector, to you, bottom line question, do you think that they are going to walk free sooner than later? Bottom line question, yes. You do. Uh, and is it why? Why do you think they might walk? I mean, it's California. California has been doing this for, for a while now, for years, for years. Probably since 20... 2014, they opened up the floodgates. That's when everything changed. The, the laws, uh, the resentencing. Um, yeah, so this isn't a first of its kind. It's just, you know, uh, a famous a famous uh, story. Um, yeah, I mean, California has had a lot of uh, issues. And uh, one of them is uh, they've, they've been in the midst of releasing a lot of prisoners, I think, because of uh, the economic game. Um, and so Lyle and Eric uh, could could be part of that. Um, we will find out. Just so the audience knows, I got to Hector Bravo Farrell uh, through a New York Post article that I read. He was quoted in it. It was interesting. It talked about how the Menendez brothers are monsters to some and mentors to other and how the prison was kind of split on their uh, attitude toward them. Um, it's not every day that you get to talk to someone who actually knows the brothers. And uh, I already got some pushback on Twitter. Um, so Hector, to you, uh, why do you feel the need? Um, some people say, look, these guys did do their time. They were sexually abused uh, at the hands of their you know, parents, the father specifically. They basically snapped. And they, they're asking me, why would you have this guy on? What does he have to say? So why are you speaking out now? Well, I'm able to speak out because I resigned. I resigned on December 1st, 2022. Other than that, if you're an employee of the department, they have a muzzle on you. I mean, they pay you $100,000 a year and great benefits and health insurance to not do what I did. But I know uh, I, this is priceless to me. Um, 
So, but, but, but why? So, I mean, did you leave? Did you leave specifically so you could talk out, speak out about the Menendez brothers, or just to be able to speak more freely in general? To speak on the California Department of Corrections, right? It's just that the Menendez brothers are a hot topic right now, and that's how we're talking about it right now. So, so what is your uh, what is your biggest beef, uh, as they say, with the floor with the, I'm sorry, I'm in Florida with the California Department of Corrections. Uh, just unethicalness at the top, corruption from my point of view. It's just like stuff from, from mixing of the general population inmates with the sensitive needs yards inmates. Mixing them, mixing them. We all know what's going to happen when you mix them. It's like you're putting the, the hardcore gangsters with the people that ratted or, or dropped out. They're going to kill each other. To me, that's unethical. Um, AB knows I can talk about this all day long. AB, is it weird for you to be on a YouTube show with a former corrections officer since he was kind of on the other team, so to speak, or not at all. You know, let me let me say this, right? Being locked up, it ain't, at the end of the day, it's not being on a team. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you got some COs treat me as a human being. Then you got some COs, they bring their problems from home. So it's not on a team, it's just how how that CO carry himself and how I carry myself. So if they give me respect, I give them respect back. Cause at the end of the day, he he's just a babysitter. It's like the industry. You're babysitting a bunch of grown men. That's all you're doing. They putting you in a warehouse and you just babysitting, make sure everybody's lined up the way they're supposed to be lined up. But you know, it's not it's not picking sides. It's just which one I'm giving you respect because every penitentiary I was in, uh, every jail I was in, most of the COs are they respect me, and I'm still in contact with a bunch of them. You know, they tell you after a certain amount of years you can't have contact with an inmate, but the world is so small you're gonna run into them, and then, you know it's just. Was whatever was on his mind when he was working there, he's, he's a free man now. He can speak his mind. And the ones that he gave a hard time, he might bump into them so he know what to deal with. And uh, Raquel Betts, right on cue, why are you interviewing him? Meaning, why am I interviewing Hector? Because it's a free country. And I'll be honest, uh, traditional news outlets, which is what I was once part of and left, are the same way that Hector can't speak freely. Uh, I couldn't do that either when I was at Fox News or NBC News or ABC News. And uh, if they were doing a, a show about this, they would never have on a guy who actually was in prison and a corrections officer. They wouldn't do it. They'd have uh, two guys in suits talking um, about something they probably didn't know about intimately. And these guys do. And that's exactly why I'm talking to Hector and AB today to answer but, your question. But the good thing for the young lady, the good thing is is this needs to be told because on his behalf, he could tell you on the COs, I could tell you on the convicts and the inmates. It's yeah. too different, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, most of the time, if you see a CO got fired, it's not because of him. It's because another inmate dropped a note on him or uh, another CO hates him and dropped a note on him. So it's like, but we need to know this because half of the time, a lot of people is on this page right now, never been in there, 
never right. will because they feel that they too good to something happen to one of their family members and they get in this situation, then they understand it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, GX says, I don't trust prison guards. Uh, Cruz Boston says, I support the Menendez brothers <laughs> staying in prison, she says. Um, Hector, do me a favor. So the, the facility is known as uh, Richard Donovan Correctional Facility. Uh, take us in there visually. Uh, the brothers Menendez are in a place called Echo Yard. You're a lieutenant. You were high ranking uh, before you resigned of your own volition, uh, I think at the age of 38. Cause someone said he looks too young. He is yeah. young. Yeah. Um, but take me inside Echo Yard. How many how many inmates are in there? Um, and and uh, what do they do? They've got quite a bit of freedom from what I understand. So Echo Yard was actually built separate, separate from the original facility. Uh, as a newer and improved modern technology, non-designated program, that's where they mix the general population and the SNY. They offer stuff on that yard like yoga, uh, stationary bicycles, uh, the pooch program where they bring in dogs to be trained by the inmates to, to give out to the community the veterans that suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder or any other disabilities like that. That's actually a good program. and. Mm -hmm. It's modernized, cameras everywhere, uh, 4K. They got three buildings, building 23, 24, and 25. It's a dorm setting. So there's a pod, an officer's core in the middle, and then it goes out into pods. And in those pods, there's a cell that houses six men in the cell with one toilet. That's rough. Uh, A.B., that's a big one for me. I wouldn't do well with one toilet, maybe. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's the problem. Those are is a is a lot of problems, like you know things like that. When you're in a cell with six inmates and there's only one bathroom, it's it's really no privacy. You know what I mean? It don't it's no privacy, plain and simple. Uh, Ab, I don't want to get graphic, but if you gotta do your thing, you gotta go potty. You just do you have to tell the other inmates? You just do your business. How does that work? Is there a protocol? You, you know, you just tell them, man. Listen, it. But you gotta remember this. See, he noticed. Watch his face. <laughs> it depends, cause you gotta remember. You wanna, you wanna. Is it a dormitory where you at, or is cells? It's cells in that in that yard. Okay, so and you in a cell. But you got to remember, count time, I don't know what time they lock down. They might lock, this, lock the gates at 9 o'clock, uh, 8 o'clock. So once they lock them gates, you got to sit there and tell your cellmates. They all, matter of fact, they all understand the rules because guess what? They all got to go to the bathroom. And at a certain time when them cells is locked, the CO's not going to let the other five out for him to use the bathroom. It's just got you just got to get used to it. just like going to the club now. They got the guys standing in the bathroom with the soap, washing their hands and all that. It's no different, man. It's just this a part of life. You know what I mean? This is what when you in that life that we live, this is the life we chose. So that's what come with it. You know what I mean? It's not everybody think prison is is the worst place, but sometimes prison helps you. It saves you. 
You know what I mean? You sometimes you ask yourself, why me? Why not you? And that's a good point because uh, some of the inmates that uh, the New York Post spoke to said that the Menendez brothers did help them. Um, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. Um, to AB's earlier point, Hector, did you, when you were a CEO, did you feel uh, the way he described it as just basically being a babysitter for grownups? No, not babysitter. You know, like like here in California, people take offense to being called babysitters, even the, the guard, the correctional officers. Because, I mean, these individuals are violent, extremely violent, and um, babies are not violent. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but I understand the comment. No, um, but, but let me answer that. It's basically, it, when I say babysitting, you can babysit a grown man. It don't matter how violent a baby is. It's just like the Bronx Zoo. You got, you got the lions in the zoo. You the cleanup man, but you babysitting that lion and make sure he don't get out that cage. So it's basically, it, it, it's definitely babysitting because y'all get a nice check sitting there just counting. You got the you got the the early morning count. You got the, I don't know how many, you got the 4 o'clock count, stand-up count. You got the 9 o'clock, you got the 12 o'clock count to change the shift. So y'all just counting and making sure the bodies is in there where they're supposed to be, acting the way they're acting. It don't matter they violent or not violent. You're sitting there babysitting. You're watching. You got to watch the inmates and make sure nobody gets stabbed, nobody hang themselves. That's babysitting. Well, there's a there's a misconception. Babysitting a grown man. In uh, in 2020 in 2023 in California, the officers have more duties and responsibilities that are allowed allotted in an eight hour time. They're busy. They're busy. And I, as a supervisor, I recognize that. They are doing their security checks. They are filling out forms. They are they are extremely busy. You know what I mean? So they're not sitting around their ass like I, like I used to when I first started in 2006. Mm. Uh, Roxanne A. writes, even if the Menudo member was abused, this guy Roy Rossello who came out in this documentary, uh, he basically, for those who do not know, he came out in a very recent documentary on Peacock and said that uh, Jose Menendez, Lyle and Eric's father, had also sexually abused him and that's what uh really raised the profile again for the menendez brothers along with a letter that was handed to the media and lawyers um from an old um uh, acquaintance or cousin of the menendez's and it was a letter from eric to his cousin basically pre-crime saying that his father was very abusive sexually abusive and uh, that letter surfaced, and those two things, the documentary and the letter, uh, again, have uh, brought interest back into this case and whether they will get out or not. Uh, by the way, Ski Hat Sarah, my friend, wow, AB doesn't even look 30. I know, it's crazy how young you look. I appreciate and, uh, that. Sound like she's flirting with me. <laughs> she might be. She might be, AB. Uh, it's Mimi says hello from Alabama. So, um, Hector, back to you. Uh, the way I understand it, Eric was the first one already housed at Richard J. Donovan, and then they brought Lyle over. Uh, when is the first time you met Eric, and then when is the first time you – let's start with Eric. When's the first time? How long ago did you meet him? And, uh, I mean, how close did you interact with him? He had to have been on Bravo Yard when I first got there in 2015, early 2015, because I, I touched down at Donovan. I, I transferred from another prison. I was at a different prison before that, so 
part of the getting to know the yard is going around and observing individuals. That's kind of when my partners are like, hey, that's uh, one of the Menendez brothers right there. Look over and yeah, he's right there by the tables. And and when you go, because Suge Knight is in this prison too, as well as Sirhan Sirhan, who assassinated RFK. Um, before you ever step foot in prison, are you are you made aware of these high profile inmates? I mean, you knew the Menendez brothers were there, or at least at that time Eric was there. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I guess it matters how how like they're they're considered high notoriety inmates, so. I guess it matters how famous they are or how famous they're not as far as high notoriety inmates. Um, so, so take me back. Um, do you remember, do you recall the first time that you met Eric? And, and one of the reasons I'm asking is, you know, some of the, the quote unquote haters who said, you know, why are you having this guy on say this guy, this guy didn't probably ever even meet him, but did, did you know Lyle and Eric? Yeah, they were there on the yard. And, and tell me, um, what was your first impression of Eric? Do you remember meeting uh, him? My, my, my first impression of Eric was, hey, this dude is in shape. I believe he had his shirt off. I mean, it's not rare for the image to have their shirt off, sitting around or working out. I'm like, hey, this dude's in shape. He appeared to be like a convict. There's a difference between a convict and an inmate. So, explain uh, that. Explain uh, that. A convict, I take it this gentleman right here was an old school convict, the, the gen older generation, respectful. They know the rules of the game. They, uh, the inmates are kind of like what you would consider a millennial out on the streets. Um, hmm. They don't, I mean, they, you lock them down for one hour and they're crying. Oh. And it's like the OGs, the convicts have been locked down for years <laughs> and they're used to it. That's the difference. He, yeah. he, he, at the time he could, he came off as a convict. Um, so, so you look at him, by the way, I told you this when we talked uh, just for a second yesterday for full disclosure, and they were a, a million times better than me. They're, those guys are actually great athletes. I played tennis growing up with them. Um, almost everyone who was deposed at that trial and who, who gave testimony uh, from their hometown, which was Princeton, New Jersey, uh, I knew from uh, the racket club. We, we played like at a racket club equally distant, but they were top of the food chain. Um, and, and one was playing at Princeton and I forget where the other one was playing. So it doesn't surprise me to hear that they were ripped, uh, when you saw them with a shirt off because those guys are in pretty good shape. But, um, what, when you come across a, a high profile inmate like this and you approach them for the first time, do you have to sort of mark your territory, so to speak? Do you have to let them know that you're the CEO and they're the inmate or the convict, as you put it? Everybody's style is different. Everybody's style is different. And my style was to avoid him, to avoid him, let him, let him know he's nothing special in my book. Because high notoriety or not, he's an inmate. And as a professional, he's an inmate. I cannot give preferential treatment to anybody, any different race, anything like that. I can't give preferential treatment anywhere. A.B., you got the women saying hello, baby doll, saying respect <laughs> A.B. Uh, hey, you it's know a, what? It's uh, a A.B. Hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I get it because, let me say this, right? I understand that people say that you might not know them, you whatever. I went through that, you know what I mean? Because... I was a low key one, but I was a like I had all the entertainers. I had Warren G, Dr. Dre's brother, 
come and see me. And then, you know, people see my pictures, uh, somebody else might know me and say, oh, he know that person. They might be watching MTV or BET. And they'll say, oh, he don't know nobody. You know what I mean? So I did what I did. I had, even though I get what you're saying, because you can't give inmates special treatment, but you've been in there long enough. And inmates that you be around, you got to know who you could who you could deal with and who you can't deal with. You know what I mean? Because you be around people long enough because he they was a high profile case. You know who they was. So at the end of the day, you're gonna read their jackets. Cause there's a lot of COs. You you could say this because you know you won't work there no more. You might find one or two that you you could play hardball, but you might find one or two that you got that trust in because let me say what I'm saying because a guy that I knew his sister growing up from North Carolina, he trained and watch, watch his face. He trained all the SIS lieutenants. The SIS lieutenants is like the FBI in the, in the prison system. And everywhere I went because he knew that I wasn't, like you say, it's a difference between an inmate and a convict. I was a convict. I know my position. I know how to keep my mouth shut. I know how to move. Everybody in there is not a friend. They act like they're cool with you. They want to know what you're about, who you know, whatever. And they wind up going back to court, testify against your story when they can get time off. But there's always somebody in there that you might say, I'm a hardball, but he's a good dude. Cause you know, you got all that time, eight hours in the in that cell, uh, in that block with these inmates. You know who to trust and who not to trust. You know who to talk to, who not who not to talk to. You know what I mean? So right. even though they hot they they cases so high, it's somebody in there. Probably definitely bringing them some food, but they on the download because they know how to move and keep their mouth shut. AB, let me ask you this. Uh, you look at Hector, and I don't know him well, but uh, looks like a nice guy, but also tough, right? He was a combat veteran. He fought in, in war. He's got he's tatted up. Is he? Would he be a, 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 I don't know if target's the right word, but if he walks onto your yard for the first time as a CO, do you guys, from the other side, as the convicts and the inmates, do you want to send a message to him that uh, that you guys run the yard and that he just works there? Well, you know, sometimes you don't have to throw that message. He can walk on the yard and know who he's going to deal with and who he's not going to deal with. You know what I mean? Because sometimes the message, you ain't got to say nothing. They always say the gangster move in silence. So he could probably... When he first became a rookie the first time, yeah, they're going to try him. They're going to see yeah. where he at. But at the end of the day, he's he ain't got to make too much noise. And the convicts ain't going to make too much noise because at the end of the day, it don't matter what his position is. That convict trying to tear his head off, he already know it don't matter. He's going to do what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... It come, you know, most of the COs that understand convicts, they're going to respect them. 
and stay out their way. As long as the inmates, convicts respect them, they gonna respect them. That's it. It don't. It don't. It don't. You don't have to go in there and act hard because no. you gotta remember you got some COs that act so hard, and an inmate will tell them, "I don't have life." And when they tell them, "I don't have life," that means I will see you one day. And please be that same person that you is in here. AB, let me tell you something. If I ever end up in prison, I'm getting tat sleeves first day, getting face tats, and I'm swatting imaginary mosquitoes. Oh, but you ain't got to do that. You know, listen, I tell anybody, you go to prison, be yourself. It's three things in prison you stay far away from. Gambling, TV, and homosexuals. Mm. That's Why? the three things that gonna cause your problems. Why TV? Do you fight over it? Yeah, because it, see how they how they play it. Just say I don't know how big the unit is. They might put three TVs in there, and you got forty. Uh, just say sixty inmates. Everybody don't want to watch the same thing. So you're gonna have the TV bully. You're gonna have the TV stalker, and then you're gonna have the one is the gangster, and then. You're going to have someone behind. It's going to try. Mm. All right, let's dig into uh, Lyle and Eric Menendez here a little bit more. Uh, Shaquille O'Meal, my favorite name, by the way, who I'm convinced is the real Shaq. He's always on here. So what's up, Shaq? As well as Papa Bear from Moscow, Idaho, where those horrific quadruple homicides happen. Our thoughts are always with you and your uh, beautiful town there. Um, Hector. So you were quoted in, in the New York Post, and I just want you to start to elaborate on some of this, uh, that the sense of entitlement that both Lyle and Eric had would rile you up. What was it about them that made you think that they are entitled? So just like A.B. hit it right the nail on the head, you can tell who in, what it made is about what. If you get a sixth sense in there, how to feel people, you learn how to read people right off the bat. Like, for instance, Suge Knight, I didn't keep my distance from Suge Knight. I would talk to him, right, shop it up with him. I didn't feel like I had to withdraw or, or put up a wall because he was just, A, himself. He was cool to just talk to. The other guys, you know, Eric and, and Lyle, um, the vibe, the vibe that they would put out was not that vibe that's approachable and or ulterior motives in a way. Um, trying to game you. Manipulation is what you want to call it. I was a lieutenant. At one point, I was a public information officer, which is the right-hand man for the warden. You know, the person that wears the suit, gets in front of the camera, and sometimes sometimes uh, escorts tours, tours of outside film crews through the yard. Well, the, the, the uh, film crew would take place in the visiting room or the gym area, which is blocked by a door. Either one of the brothers or two of the brothers were always trying to gain access when they didn't have access to be in that area. You know, the the film crew weren't there for them. Clearly, they were not there for them. They were filming a graduation. They were filming a documentary. So, so they would. Are you saying that they would they would try to find the camera? They would want to get FaceTime. Is that what it was? Yeah, they would just be congregating in an area they shouldn't have been congregating. Uh, you know, I have a line full of inmates that are about to come into a building and they're trying to weasel their way into the line. I'm like, hey, clearly I know who they are. Hey, hey, you're not on the list. That's the and, kind of... And I, shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to say that. You know what I mean? It's if you're not on the list, you're not on the list. You should know better than that. 
and and what would their reaction to be you to you pushing back on them? Well, yeah, I mean, not 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 verbal, like a scoff or like a dirty look, nothing crazy, nothing crazy at all, but just like not happy. They didn't look happy. <laughs> and, and and inmates like that, because the vast majority of us do not live in that world or have ever been in that world. So guys like Eric and Lyle, do they have people in the system who will come and say, you got to treat these brothers better? Um, you got to respect them more do you ever run across that no no not, um, not like not like that i mean i'm not gonna disclose too much but i mean they they definitely got their fans i'll tell you that much they got their fans <laughs> in in terms of what in terms of fan mail and fans. things like that yeah fans and, and but but with are you saying on the inside they have fans inmates on I, the inside Yep. Well, not not just inmates. Like I said, I'm not going to disclose too yep. much, right? In time, things will divulge and come out out in the wash. But uh, so maybe people yeah. who people who work there too, I guess, is maybe what you're saying. So Bonnie Lee Lopez says uh, of the brothers, they are pure evil, deserve to rot in prison the rest of their worthless lives. I will never forget the horrific autopsy photos. They are expert liars. I'm a psychiatric nurse of 40 years. Oh. Evil. Um. I have to say that I think Bonnie Lee, and she said this before, um, I don't know for sure, but I would say she's closer to the minority. I think um, uh, right here, funny, Bonnie, you say that while the most respected psychiatrist in America supports the release. By the way, Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time, the show Mindhunters on Netflix is loosely based on Ann Burgess's work. They're making another documentary about her right now. She will be on STS Thursday night. She testified for the defense on behalf of the Menendez brothers, along with a other doctor named John Conte, who is an expert in child sexual abuse. And uh, both of them, original witnesses, will be on our show Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, to you, uh, A.B., um, some of the people, obviously, um, Hector didn't speak too fondly of them. Um, but then there was another inmate in there um, whose name I'm looking for. His last name is Weems, Eugene Weems. Uh, he spent time with Lyle at a place called Mule Creek State Prison. And uh, he told the Post he considers him a coward um, and went on to say that most of the inmates uh, did not respect Lyle Menendez because of the horrific nature of the murders. They basically shotgun blasted their parents to death. Um, speak to me about the type of crimes and how inmates are viewed by the type of crimes. I mean, it was a very hideous crime. I mean, up up close and personal, blasted their heads. Um, and as I just said, this guy Weems, Eugene Weems, said that most inmates were disturbed by this murder and didn't like them as a result. Does that surprise you or does that make sense? I'm going to be honest with you. It's, it, you got to remember, it's convicts and then inmates. It's no different than somebody don't like somebody because you got to remember, when people don't get attention, they'll say anything. As long as somebody looking out for you, they, they don't care what you do, how you do it. You know what I mean? It's, you got to remember, in, in jail, is no different in the street. It's emotional. A lot of men in there, they call themselves real men. 
<laughs> I tell I tell any man you should never call a woman a B because you got a bunch of dudes in prison. It's worse than a B. You know what I mean? So it's like be real with you. It don't matter. You know what I mean? It's sad that it happened because we wasn't there to know what happened. But at the end of the day, how can a man judge another man in prison for what he did? And you got dudes don't judge child molesters. Uh, Hector, for you, well, I'm just curious myself. What was the transition like for you from being in combat to then going into prison? Was it a lot easier saying, hey, I'm not on a battlefield here getting shot at. I'm just dealing with, you know, violent criminals or was it? tough being in there i mean how do you view it um some skills and experiences like transferred over and others did not um but what i had to work on was communication skills communication and verbal is number one in prison respect is number one mm -hmm. uh so you don't have a good mouthpiece you can you can kick it off you can set it off you can it can go all bad with your words so i had to learn that words communication um, as far as danger, well, on one end, I was facing roadside bombs. On the other end, I was facing getting stomped out by 200 Southsiders, Mexicans. Because when one goes, they all go. That's the mm -hmm. politics. That's the politics. They say you mess with one bean, you get the whole burrito. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. just being in, that's just being as they say that <laughs> in yeah. Southern California. Um, now violence, I saw a lot of gruesome things in Iraq. I saw a lot of gruesome things in prison. Gruesome is gruesome, you know? Uh, brains, blood, guts, it's all its all the same no matter where you see it. Very eloquently said. Um, I'm glad I didn't see that. But did you have any uh, situations in prison where you were attacked? Me personally? No. And this is the third time I've said it since I've been out because I never wanted to jinx myself. And uh, they would ask me on the while I was still working, have I ever been attacked? I said no. So I did 16 years, never personally attacked but i had been right there in the mix when my partners had been attacked for and, sure and, w and when your partners were attacked i mean what was it usually over was it a respect issue usually oh uh, let me see they can be under the influence of drugs and alcohol they can be a respect issue they're going to come at you with knives with weapons if it's a respect issue um uh, a pc move let's say an inmate scared uh, that he rang up a drug debt, and he doesn't want to become a victim of, a, of an assault. He will rather hit a cop, hit a CO, than to get hit himself, just to get removed from the yard. And a, a partner told me that one time. He said, you know what, Hector? He knows that we're going to stop. Eventually, we're going to stop, you know, putting the tips on him. The other guys in blue, they're never going to stop. They're going to try to kill him, you know, his peers. So that kind of puts things in perspective. Wow. Um, A.B., uh, Sarah, Ski Hat Sarah, in America, why don't we try to rehabilitate inmates? It's a purely punitive system, which seems cruel. I believe everyone deserves redemption. By the way, A.B., Sarah's grandfather helped discover Elvis Presley, being the music guy that you are. Um, but um, do you think the prison system has a lot of work to do in terms of actually rehabilitating inmates instead of just being babysitters? They do. They do. They do. They really do. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, is, is they need to fix it. That's all I'm going to say. They need to fix it. You know what I mean? It's like you got people in prison that don't belong. 
Hector, do you think it's a problem that is fixable or is it purposely done like this, some think, because of politics? What, what do you think? It's not. I can probably even say that California is spearheading with the rehabilitative. I just told you there was dogs. Dogs on the yard that sleeps in the cells with the inmates. They, they train them. They give them the little doggy treats. They have, they have poop bags. Poop bags that you see in the nice areas. Um, it's all the eth unethical and corruption and personal gain from up above. It clouds. The, the people above care more about promoting to the next rank than actually the safety and security and the rehabilitative. You see what I mean? Yeah, it's easy to say rehabilitation, but to actually make it work is a whole other beast, monster. Um, so, Hector, back to, you know, some of your quotes, which I'd like to hear from you directly. You said that the Menendez brothers undeniably have an aura and prisoners look at them as sort of celebrity status. When you say they have an aura, what, what do you mean by that exactly? <laughs> it's like you're out on the streets. You have a famous friend. They have an entourage, right? I'm not saying they have a specific entourage, but they got their aura people around like, hey, these are the Menendez brothers. Hmm. That's what I mean, the aura, the entourage. You know, you just want to stand next to him just to stand next to him. Yeah. Is there is there one or the other that was that 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 you liked a little bit more? Um, that was more tolerable uh, for you. I'll be honest. I don't know which one's which or how to set them apart. They kind of look similar, and um, <laughs> that's not. I never, like I said, I never like pinpointed them out. Like I never wanted to explore that avenue. And then you're also quoted as saying that you were um, actually unhappy when Lyle transferred in 2018 to uh, Richard J. Donovan. Is that because you felt like they were going to be like stronger in numbers now? They're going to be reunited? for the, That was the first time they were reunited, I think, since 96. No, where that's coming from is a newly promoted lieutenant in 2017. That prison, Donovan, is... It needs to be closed down because it's ran so horribly, right? So when somebody makes a move like that, I want to bring a brother down to another brother. I'm like, really? Out of the millions of problems that you have at this prison, this is what you want to do. This is what you want to focus your money, your manpower, and your attention on. That's where that mindset was coming from. Like, it's a, it's a political stunt. Um. Sarah, I think you addressed this, but she wants to know what made you want to be a prison guard. Was it just that your father was doing the same work? You came back from the war and you just kind of fell into it? My father was doing the same thing and everybody drove the big lifted trucks, had the big houses and the big screen TVs. They were pretty well off. And that's what I wanted as a kid. Um, and Marlena is saying right here, Richard Donovan, Donovan is here in San Diego. I hear lots of bad things about Donovan. Uh, you said you, you know, you spoke and would hang out with Suge Knight, who's there too. Uh, he was just more real to you. He was a real, he was a straight shooter. He was a straight shooter. He was a uh, cool, laid back, chill. Um, I remember when uh, Snoop Dogg bought out a uh, Death Row Records. I seen uh, Suge coming from a visit. I said, "Hey, hey, OG, I'm gonna holler at you later." He's like, "Hey, you're the boss, man. You're the you're the big boss." I was like, "All right." I didn't get a chance to talk to him after the fact, but just simple. Uh, conversations like that. Wow. And um, what about Sirhan Sirhan? That guy would scare me the most, I think. <laughs> What's his deal? You know, I'll tell you what, man. So, so Sirhan Sirhan, right? Yeah. Officers, were, officers were getting attacked all the time on a daily basis by inmates. And 
Never did we see the warden or the chief deputy warden come to the yard and check on their safety or I'll tell you what, man, Sirhan Sirhan got stabbed one day or slashed, stabbed or slashed, and somebody put it over the radio. It's Sirhan Sirhan. Well, I'll be damned if you had the warden and all the administrators run to the yard to go check on his health and his well-being just because of who he was. And that kind of stuff is off-putting as a, as a correctional officer staff member. Like, hey, you don't give a shit about us, but look at you guys are running over here for Sirhan Sirhan. Just, just because they know that would make like if something happened to the Menendez, <laughs> what kind? What that's a good that's a good point. Like if something happened to Lyle and Eric Menendez, what kind of heat would the COs take for letting that happen? Oh. I mean, damn! If they take heat for anything happening like right now, that yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna come down. They're gonna they're gonna have to make an example out of somebody. They're gonna have to. Yeah. AB, did you serve time with any uh, high profile names? Yeah, me. I, I was a high profile. You know, you know but nice. no, is, I was I was locked up with Chico Labarge. I was locked up with um who else? Jay Z, man, um what's his name? Emery Jones. I was locked up with a lot of, you know, I was locked up with the Pisa Connection, you know, a lot of high profile case. And then you know what's so crazy, I wanted to say this. When I came home, you know, Suge came to see me. He came to violate and come and visit me at, at my cousin's office. He a good dude. That's my man, Suge. I'm, I'm going to come out there and visit him. Go check him out. You know what I mean? Hey, if he was checking you out, you got you to gotta pay, yeah. uh, yeah. pay him a visit, too. I'm going to um, definitely do that. Hector, back to you. So you also said when they put the brothers together, Eric and Lyle, um, it looked like a hookup or more like a political stunt uh, and then hinted at the fact that the prison's warden at the time, a guy named Daniel Paramo, Paramo, I don't know how to pronounce it, had his own motivations. And you said, I mean, why do them a favor? Um, so I guess this goes back to you're not re re revealing too much right now, but the bottom line is you feel like there is a lot of politics at play in that system, correct? I think earlier when I was hinting, when I said there was fans on the inside, when I was hinting and I didn't elaborate, I guess what I meant to say, and I'll speak on this, if there are dirty staff members that bring in contraband to regular inmates, Joe Schmo gangbanger, bring them cell phones and dope, they get caught. Who's to say that they're not going to bring the Menendez brothers something? I mean, they get caught with cell phones coming from somewhere. That's what I meant. Um, and I and I think you did either you or someone I read said that uh, Eric I think it was you you said that Eric twice got caught uh, with cell phones between 2018 uh, and 2021. Did he get the same sort of punishment as let's say AB would have gotten? Yeah, punishment is punishment. It all kind of yeah. It all depends on the circumstances, right? If somebody planted something on her, we. Me, I was a fair individual. I would look at all totality of the circumstances. So, but if, when punishment is going to get laid out, it, it's pretty much fair across the board for the most part. Um, so someone I just saw in the chat, I didn't bring it up, but they said, uh, you're, Joel, you're going to lose credibility because you have this guy on. Uh, I'm not worried about it. As a matter of fact, I love that comment because it makes me motivation. It's motivation. We're doing motivation. stuff that no one else motivation. is going to do. But Hector, I'm curious, how would you respond to that person? Um, do you feel you're credible? Was he referring to me? Yes. 
Uh, hey, man, I'm in such a great place in my life right now where I don't take anything uh, what people say, honestly. I just keep doing my thing, man. I'm moving in a positive, honest, trustworthy uh, vision and goal. So I got nothing to worry about. I don't have to look over my shoulder. I got nothing to worry about. Um, Brenda says, Jose, meaning the brother's father, was a monster. They have served enough time. Um, I'm curious, Hector, uh, if you could just go on the record here. I mean, they have served since, I, I think they've been behind bars since 89. They had their trials. Um, is enough enough, or is it your point of view that because of the nature of these crimes, they need to stay in there until they're put in a pine box? Oh, man. So, I mean, by you bringing on me on here, I bring a different perspective. I bring the perspective of a correctional staff member working around murderers in general. You know, there's different levels to this. I mean, there's people that are serial killers that kill numerous people. I had a clerk, an inmate that worked in my office. He killed his father with a baseball bat. I read the report. He was in my office. And reading the report, he was a victim of sexual abuse. Now, with that inmate's demeanor, reading the report, that kind of all made sense and added up. He was very respectful. He was very chill. And I'm like, okay, I, I can see this. The other brothers, I don't get that vibe from that case or them. It's, uh, there's a lot of people that have gotten out that should not have been out. And there's a lot of people in that should be getting out. And there's a lot of people out that deserve to be out. It's just California right now is wild with it. There's no, it's a free for all. That's why I said they may, they may possibly get out. And I think it's interesting that you have that, your channel, that prison guard to talk about these issues. I think it's important. Um, Ames, I think is the one that was calling you out and she's got a comment here. I've heard this guy say one thing and he's shown his true colors already. I'm not sure what it is. These aren't all violent prisoners. Neither Lyle or Eric have been reported to be violent <laughs> even once. Do you re do you recall them being violent? And the fact that maybe they have not been violent at all in this time, is that enough to maybe consider releasing them? Um, I'll give that benefit of the doubt. They probably do not have any violent um, offenses while in prison. That's probably a fact. That's probably a fact, right? But the way I, first thing that came to mind, they probably don't have shotguns and old, and, and old ladies in prison either. So that's just, that was just me being spitting off the top of my head. People are going to move different, right? When you're around lions, you're going to act, you're going to act appropriate. So that's just what came to my mind. They, uh, yeah, people are going to act on, on, people are going to act on opportunity. People are opportunists. You know what I mean? So. Maybe they haven't gotten out of pocket in prison because they know it's not going to end well for them. Um, Maui Swift says, were the people in this new documentary about the Menudo brothers, were they paid? I have no idea if that is the case. And Bonnie Lee Lopez, uh, who is the psych nurse in a prison system, says, I saw correctional officers sliced open from shanks, how to pronounce inmates dead after hangings. You never forget the horrors of incarceration, which is why I asked uh, Hector about the parallels, you know, even though they're far and few between, but there are some comparisons between war and the prison system because a lot of heinous things go on. Uh, Tina Mindful joining us from Germany here. So moving on here, back to this guy, Eugene Weems, for a minute. And, A.B., this one's for you. So he spent time with Lyle Menendez at a place called Mule Creek State, State Prison, and he referred to Lyle as a coward. But he said... 
Uh, he 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 wrote a book himself, by the way. This guy Weems called Prison Secrets, and he said, "Ab, this is a quote: You can't act like you act. You can't do that. You know, Weems says you can't act like you're better than everyone in here. These dudes will kill you, bro. Like for real. You're not built like that. You're a feline. You know what I'm saying? So Weems was calling Lyle a feline." Uh, what kind of insult or reality hit is that for uh, Lyle Menendez to hear in the prison system that he's basically a cat? Let me, let, me, let me say this. Being in prison, you were in prison for whatever you did, right? So you go in there to prove to somebody that you're a real killer again. You already said, they already say he killed already. So you back a mouse down to a corner, he's going to come out that corner. So everybody's a coward to somebody because everybody's a thug. But as soon as you do something to one of them, they're going to be the first one to press charges and say you assault them. Right. You know where I'm coming from? At the end of the day, you'd rather be a coward to go back to the world than being that thug that he's going to be being there for the rest of his life. So you got to ask yourself, what you proving? Right. You know what I mean? Why should I prove that I need to kill you in this cell and just add 30 more years to my life? You're not even worth that because guess what? I'm going to be that coward, right, that you say I am. I'm going to send you a picture of your girl while this coward is home free. You know what I mean? So you got sometimes... You can't let your emotional, like we told Steve, you can't let your emotional control you. Because once that commotion starts going, you, you don't think. And then when it's done, you sit back and say, why did I do this? Was it worth it? You got to remember words. Words is words. A person want to try you because if it was anybody else, would he say that same situation to them? No. They pick who they want. They pick. You know what I mean? You got the pickers. You got the cheese eaters. <laughs> they pick cheese, what they want to cheese on, bite on. You know what I mean? Because that same dude that said that, go say that to Shug. Or go say that to the other dudes. Or go say that to the Mexican mafia. You're not going to say that. You're going to go there and play your position. But when you feel that the bully and you're a bully, this is what you deal with. So so now, for the dude saying that, if he would have killed them, here they go. The media would have choked, chewed it up and said, see, this is what you do. So those, those two brothers didn't strike me as cowards. I wouldn't call them cowards. They didn't strike me as cowards. I can read people. I, I feel like if I had to fight them and they had to fight me, they would pretty, put up a pretty damn good fight. Right. I said it was a sense of entitlement. Like I, I don't, I don't take them as cowards. No, they, they can. They look like they can hold their own. I said they were in shape. Yeah, yeah. Um, Letitia writes, "Ab, this is an interesting point because in prison, chomos, child molesters are uh, among the lowest rungs. So this person says child rapists don't deserve to be taken down uh, by their victims. Meaning Lyle and Eric basically had the right to go after them, but." Um, what do you think about that, A.B.? Uh, apparently, according to all reports, these two brothers were horrifically sexually abused and just snapped. Others say it was for greed. Um, 
Do you think, A.B., at this point, that they should be released for doing their time? Me, personally, everybody needs a second chance. You know where I'm coming from? It don't matter. You got, listen, you got a lot of people out here on the streets right now <clears throat> that do worse than what these dudes did to their parents. You get where I'm coming from? And these dudes get second, third chances, whatever. You know what I mean? It don't matter. You might not feel what they did was right, but everybody need a second chance because at the end of the day, they've been in there 30-something years. You think if they get a second chance in the way, because you got to remember, as soon as they come out, what they call it now, the AI, is on them. So it don't matter. They're not going to make no mistakes because they already know the magnifying glasses on them. You know what I mean? So there's none wrong saying it happened because at the end of the day, none of us in this room right now or on this live right now really knew what happened. Yeah. Only person that knew what happened is the mother and father and the kids or whoever was in the house. That's a good point. Uh, Century Combustion writes, uh, Hector, to you, are the brothers housed together? Um, do Are they in the same six-person pod together? I don't know if they're in the same cell, but they're definitely in the same yard, uh, probably in the same building. And and what is to you? What's the relationship seem like? Do they seem like best of you know best buds, brothers that are like inseparable, or or do you see it another way? Uh, like brothers, like brothers, like brothers. I, for some reason, I thought maybe they would fight when they first got together. I don't know. That happened. People, brothers fight, but now they they get along. They get along. And do you consider them, I mean, they're pretty well-educated. I mean, do they seem like smart guys with, you know, do, do they stand out a little bit? Because they, you know, they went to Princeton. They probably, you know, are very, a little more proper. I know. I, I don't know. Do, are, are they like two sore thumbs? Yeah. Uh, they're two sore thumbs because of who they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you always see their old photos are in like little polo sweaters draped over their shoulders. That kind, <laughs> that kind of look. Um, Cindy, Cindy Hollenbeck, who's a friend from the Moscow Pullman area. It's been well documented that Eric and Lyle could not leave. Jose would not allow it. Um, so they were stuck in there. Uh, Bonnie Lee Lopez, a green convict first inmate. Very correct. As we are battling those birds singing, so, uh, the birds are so happy. So yeah, they don't stick out. They they definitely make good convicts. They make good convicts. They're they're convicts. They 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 walk where they're supposed to walk. They they don't bother you. They didn't bother me, like I said, it's except trying to gain access to areas when they weren't supposed to, when I was trying to keep the area secured. But no, other than that, they mind their P's and Q's. They're convicts. Uh, Ames might be married to one of these guys. She keeps coming back. Why are you pinning comments against the brothers and not one of the many supportive ones, which I'm getting to right now, Ames. So relax, Ames. Uh, so there's there's a, a rap artist named Anna Ray X-Rated Brown. X-Rated Brown. I like that as in the Raiders X-Rated. Uh, he was serving 26 years for murder. He says that both Lyle and Eric uh, were mentors who helped guide him. He was a former cr uh, Crips gang member to freedom um he said that 
Lyle and Eric went out of their way to help change his life, to get him into these programs, prison programs like Narcotics Anonymous and Anger Management. Uh, AB, um, this guy's a rap artist. That's, that's your world of music and rap. Um, he says that these two brothers did everything they could to help him. Do you buy it? Do you believe it? Yeah, but you know what? Every, every listen, that's what inmates do. That's what convicts do. It's just basically, it, what else you got to do? You know what I mean? If you find somebody that respects you, who you are, not on no fan, you know what I mean? It, you got people that walk the yard just talking and, you know, being around each other, learning each other, you know what I mean? It's only right that we sit here and help one another elevate because that young dude, the rapper, probably... <clears throat> Is going home soon, so he felt comfortable sitting down, building with these guys because it wasn't like I'm gonna sit there and go hang out with the other members. I'm going back to the block and throwing it up. He didn't want that. He wanted to change his life. So why not get with somebody that elevates you to the next level to help you stay out? Because guess what? As long as he stay out, they got. A good friend that they help, and he gonna always look out for them. They need something. Really, they don't need nothing, but it's just a simple fact where mail, pictures, everything they doing, it counts. You know what I mean? So it's not hard running into good dudes. It don't matter what your life story is. You know what I mean? You're going to run into some people that can see something in you and want to help you elevate it. That's it. Um, Raquel Bex, who's also uh, skeptical, uh, Hector says, so if you avoided the brothers, how can you really know them? How do you answer that? The brief interactions that I had with them, man, they weren't, they weren't pleasant. They weren't, um, you know, it's like, you know, I was asked to give my insight on them. This is my insight. Like I, I was just a very observant of them and, and my dealings with them. As a lieutenant. And I think it's interesting that you never uh, really let on to them that you knew how high profile they were. Um, By the way, not because I have an ego, maybe a little one, but do they watch shows like this on the inside? Will they hear about this? 100%. I'm sure they saw my my little New York Post thingy yesterday. Yeah? How does does word travel so fast in there? Because I... I got a tweet today from the correctional facility, I think. Let me see. Yeah. So so someone who says that that their bio says Richard J., whatever it is, correctional facility. Let me Um, tell you something. Yeah. Let me say this. Lay it on. Because you're in prison, that don't mean nothing. Anything happened outside in the free world, behind the wall and know before we are known. You know, I always say if these guys weren't inmates, convicts, prisoners, whatever you want to call them, a lot of these guys would be CEOs. They're smart, they're savvy, right? They right. get things done, but they're just uh, they they went uh, on the other side of the track, uh, crossed the proverbial wrong line. Uh, but look, it ain't just AB Tiffany Hang, a friend of the show. The former CEO can put his handcuffs on me. Smiley face, smiley face. And look who it is. We've got Gunnar Lindblom coming in for the final. Look at this. 
Connor, is that you? <laughs> What's up, man? The final act. I'm here for the final act. He's here uh, for the final act. So, Gunner, uh, meet Hector Farrell, who's a former CEO at the same prison uh, as the Menendez brothers, and knew of them, and you know AB, obviously. What's up, uh, AB? Brother. Gunner, is it weird for you to talk to a CEO right now that I just put you on the spot here? Not at all, man. I'll be honest with you. Not at all. I, In fact, I'm a writing coach, too. Um, one of the things I do as a writer, one of the um, my uh, guys I've coached for books is the CEO, and I've uh, had a lot of interactions. To be perfectly honest, I never had any kind of um, animus towards corrections officers. Some were bad, some were good. Um, I I I actually like to communicate with uh, the CEOs because, frankly, they're like a connection to reality. They were outside of the prison. You know what I'm saying? So I, I have no problem with them. I never had a beef with any of them. I mean, I had beefs with CEOs. Don't get me wrong. There are some real douchebags. But I've also seen some of the, the greatest acts of kindness came from a corrections officer. In fact, I was suffering from uh, some sinus issues, and I thought it was, um, I thought it was all uh, um, allergies. And this one black CEO would come around all the time. His name's Cunningham. And he would, um, he'd ask me about it. And then one day... During count, he opens up my door. He's opening the door. Says, "How shiny is? I'm not. I'm not good." Cunningham says, "Here, try this." And he pulls out some, you know, nasal spray and hands me a bottle of nasal spray, which is it's just totally, you know, illegal. He could, he could have lost his job over that, but he was thinking of me and brought me this bottle of nasal spray. I mean, it brought me to tears. To be honest with you, I, I could not believe that someone would be, be so kind to someone like me. So. I mean, I, I don't mind COs at all. I don't if they do their job and just do their job. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's a, it's, it's a decent paycheck. Um, they got benefits, you know. But it's the ones who come to work. It's the ones with the little dicks. They come in there and and it's like to dehumanize you, and they think they're freaking they're they're better than you, and can't really do nothing about it. I've been jumped. <laughs> I've been jumped by freaking the COs. One one time they beat my ass when I was in the hole, stomped me out, man. I had to get stitches, all this. As soon as you know, they tell you back up to the bars to uncuff so I can get the frick cuffs off and myself. They just beat my ass in an elevator, six of them. All six of them. So I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm not saying nothing. I'm dripping blood. As soon as they back up to the thing, I uncuff. I turn around and say, come in here now, motherfuckers. And I'm, I'm like, what's what you got? I'll take all five of you punk bitches. And I was saying, like, you know, you, you think you're tough. You're going to go tell your wife or a girlfriend that you had one to go today. You had to, you had to beat one down. You're going to forget to tell her that I was in cuffs. I'm going to have her. you bitches. So, I mean, I was – they were just punks, but not all of them were bad. Not yeah. all of them were bad. Yeah, by the way, Gunner is super jacked. Saw photos of him today on his Insta page. Um, uh, Hector, to you. Sarah says, does anyone actually think that the Menendez brothers would kill again if they were let out? They paid their dues and then some. Do you think that they would ever commit such a crime again? I'd say unlikely, but it's just me. Yeah. Um, you know, and I did think about this question because do I think okay, we recently had a, a former Mexican mafia member parole, parole to the streets, and that was kind of he he wrote the black hand, Boxer Enriquez. Rene Boxer Enriquez. I told myself, all right, that dude's not going to kill again because he was part of the Mexican mafia. He he wrote a book. He know he learned his lesson. Now with these two brothers, I can't say that they will not kill again. I t- they're not going to be happy when they see me talking about this because that's just their demeanor. Like it's that's their demeanor, right? There that that sense of entitlement. 
Like, how dare this guy? I'll kill this guy. That's the type of, like, what I feel their, their, their demeanor is. By the way, uh, Mia says that Lyle Menendez's wife just tweeted out about you, Hector. In one interview, he says he stayed away from them, but now he knows things, question mark, question mark. By the way, um, I would love to get Lyle and Eric both on this show. Uh, they have open invites, as do both Lyle and Eric's wives. Uh, Hector, did you ever meet either of the wives? Uh, they've been married for a long time. I mean, that Never. that that alone amazes me because um, I don't know. It was hard enough for me to find a wife as a free man, um, but these guys are getting married and divorced and married. But you you never met either of them, did you? No, no. Um, interesting. You know, you know, I met my wife in when I was in prison, right? If you remember, you, you yeah. I was doing 13 years, and um, she discovered me on Facebook and saw that I was a writer, and she worked at a publisher and yada, 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 and we started writing, and I fell in love. And, dude, if you look at my jacket, my record, my criminal record, it looks like I'm insane, bro. There's a lot of violence, 38 arrests, all these charges. I went to prison for extortion, bank robbery. But I think she was able to sift through that and look at me today, who I am now, by reading my books, my novels. She's like, wow, this guy's really talented. This guy's really special. And I've opened up the crack in the door to get to know me. That's probably what they did or how they've done it. I don't know another wise, but those two dudes are clearly were sociopaths at the time. Um, would they? At, what, did they learn their lesson? It's really hard to gauge, in my opinion. You, you, some people will learn your lesson, like me. And that, that man, I made a big mistake. That was stupid. I can't believe I did that, and ne never want to go back to prison. And some people are absolute sociopaths. And they don't care, so I, that's why they're in prison for life. Gunner, by the way, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but you're the guy I'd be scared shitless of in prison, uh, Gunner. You're you're big. You got those kind of wild looking eyes, and uh, uh, you're an imposing figure. Yeah, those eyes, those eyes. But but crazy you know, eyes. I've always been told I had crazy eyes. But I but would uh, I'd, I'd prison, win you over. I'd win you over with my charm. I tell you, uh, I tell you jokes. Make you. I stayed to myself, brother, in prison. Uh, like A.B. did. I, I played my lane, you know, and didn't bother nobody. Now, I was one of those guys, a big white guy in a prison where there's a lot of racial tension and, and it's like 70% black where I was. I just minded my own business. Now, they looked at me and said, that guy's walking the yard all alone. He's in a weight pit all alone. He's either crazy mother effer or a real bad mother effer. Whatever the case, they're saying, leave him alone. And they did. Nobody bothered mm. Look at this baby doll back on AB. Where's AB from? He's New York, from New York, New York, City. New York. New York yes, he's Money saying. earning Mount Vernon. And then look at this Tiffany Hang. Yep, Hector's the cutie. Look at these women. Why, now I understand why these prisoner guys get so much fan mail. Um, <laughs> Hector, to you, there's this mural that's being built. Uh, this might have been after you resigned. Do you know anything about this? It's uh, some nonprofit within the prison prison called Redemption Row um, that apparently Eric uh, helped put together and then married the guy who runs it. Do you know anything about this mural and what it's all about? Yeah, yeah. They're definitely um, involved in, like I said, I'm not here to bash them. I'm here to just say the truth or my experience with them. Um, they were involved in those type of programs, the, the painting. What? Yeah, when you, when you turn in your equipment, you got to walk through the gate. They're right there. They're always standing right there with a paintbrush in their hand. Um, 
you know, and there, there's murals. That whole inside of that yard is a mural. It looks like those Wild E. Coyote Looney Tunes where there's a bridge and you can run into the wall, like that type of artwork. Mm. And, um, yeah, Ta they're involved in stuff like that. Tali, who's watching in Israel, Joel, I can totally see you with a bandana and a mom tattoo on your face. I have her face right on my on my face right there. There's no doubt about it. Um, Gunner, you came on late, better late than never for sure. Um, so, you know, Lyle and Eric Menendez back in 89, they basically shotgun blasted their parents. But the brothers said that they were being sexually molested, which has apparently been corroborated by the father in very violent and nasty ways. Um, do you think these guys now, um, they seem to be model prisoners. Do you think that they've served enough time since 1989 that they should be let out? People are calling for them to be released now. Listen, I am I am not the man to ask. A, a part of me says, leave them in there. They murdered. They took a life where they belong. If I was in charge, I would have executed them. On the other hand, they may be able to walk out and go home. Let, let me tell you a quick story. When I was in the hole... There was a kid in the cell next to me. Um, his name was, um, I can't remember his name, but he had killed his whole uh, family. Uh, he, he, he killed his mom, dad, and brother because they were, said, you got to get a job. You got to get out. So he loaded up the, the squirrel hunting 22, went down there, and uh, Andy, Andy, uh, Andy Ross, that was his name. So I talked to the kid every day because he was in the cell next to me. So I could talk to him and stuff. And he would get on the phone and talk to uh, his lawyer, his girlfriend, even the other brother that he didn't kill. And he seemed like a normal kid, you know, like perfectly normal kid. And I'm thinking he had the best lawyer in Michigan who took it pro bono because he wanted the publicity. His name was Neil Rockheim. This huge, huge lawyer that I'd used for a drug case before. He's, he's a big shot. He took it. So he ended up getting the guy only 22 years. And keep in mind, he was 17 years old. This is uh, 20 years ago, so he'd be coming home, like coming to see parole in another couple of years. But the strain, this is where it gets really crazy. Ten years later, I just rode into another prison called Kinross, very, very violent prison. I refused to lock in the K unit, pole barn unit, uh, which is made for a year or two, guys. I had like six years left. I'm not going in there with a bunch of freaking, you know, crackheads and stuff like that who just about ready to go home. So they put me in the hole. They stuck me in the hole for 21 days, all right? But the very first day I was in the hole, this these guys tried to escape. They took a truck, a Coca-Cola truck that came in to drop off pop and stuff. And they took the truck. At, you can look this up. Kinross, Michigan. They took the driver at gump, I mean, knife point, put a knife to the stroke, stole the truck. We're driving around the yard. They're blowing the whistle. I don't know what's going on. I'm in the hole. I just got in the hole. And I hear alarms going off and people running by. And I'm like, what the frick's going on out there? Well, it turned out these guys stole this truck. They hijacked it. And we're driving around the yard trying to build up steam to blast through the fence, right? Barbed wire fence. And they made it through the fence. They had a girl on the way, on the outside waiting for them. And they had it all set up. There's two other dudes uh, who had – they were killers too. And anyways, they, they, the fence got stuck in the, in the wheels of this truck. So they didn't make it all the way through. And the the the, uh, the patrol guys came through, and they jumped up and ran, and they shot one in the head with a shotgun and killed him. And the other two freaking, you know, laid down. So now when he goes to see the parole board, obviously all these years later, they're going to see that and be like, yo, you know, this, we can't let this freaking guy out. You know, he's hijacked the truck or whatever. I'm just saying those guys could be model inmates for their whole lives. 
I really don't think they'll probably kill anyone, but they might. In the right position, <laughs> they might. That's all I can say. You never. You, I guess you never do know. Um, no. uh, this, the break, says, uh, Hector, they probably get more mail than all the inmates combined. Shouldn't I probably get some stuff? But um, how much mail do they get, fan mail? I don't know, like, an exact number, but they do have their fans. They got their fans. Yeah. And it comes every day. And, and, yeah, and, it's a, and you guys go through that for uh, any kind of uh, contraband, right? Yeah, we go through it on the way in, and we read mail on the way out. So, so when they, um, when Lyle or Eric send, a, let's say, a letter to their wives, you it, you have to look at it before it gets put in the envelope and and shipped out. Is that right? The role of the correctional officer, yes. Okay. Um, misperceptions perception is off she says eric and lyle have never been housed in the same prison i don't understand how the guard could have met them both at the same prison eric and lyle <laughs> haven't seen each other in decades they've been in the same prison uh for uh, i don't know three four years now that that all changed back in 2018 uh someone else saying but look you're right they have fans because grace is saying why don't you show comments from supporters i'm trying to show everyone's comments here right um but, you know, it's the ones that don't want to see it, don't see it. Um, have the Menendez brothers participated in so any sort of therapy or rehabilitation that could help explain why they still appear to have issues? Do you know, um, Hector, if in the system, when they're inside, do they go to, are they, can, do you go to therapy or like uh, not in, you know, like uh, not Narcotics Anonymous, but are there, are there groups Classes. for them to speak about their feelings? There's a lot of groups, mm. and that's going back to that rehabilitative in California. There's a lot of groups. Um, Gangsters Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, Life Without a Crutch. So many groups. Do I know of those two particularly attend groups? I don't know if they do. And uh, I was reading, too, um, I mean, there are good people in the world. There are a lot of volunteers that go to this prison. Yeah. Uh, one woman uh, who teaches yoga, and uh, she looks like a yoga teacher, you know, just how you would imagine a yoga teacher to look. And uh, I would, you know, if that was my daughter, who's way too young to be a yoga teacher, I'd say it's probably not the best idea to go teach yoga inside uh, the Richard Kirkland uh, Correctional Facility. But there are good people <laughs> out there who are, uh, you know, who are trying to, trying to help out. Uh, by the way, Ann Burgess is coming on. Thursday night, she's an original defense witness for Lyle and Eric Menendez. Um, Gunner, to you, some of the people that were saying very good things about the Menendez brothers was uh, a rapper named X-Rated. He said that the Menendez brothers uh, taught them to use his, he was a pretty well-known rapper and taught uh, this rapper to use his influence for positive things. And he credits... <laughs> Uh, them for helping him become calm and put together and collected and said that he was Project Menendez. The Menendez brothers genuinely loved this guy, took him under his wing, and ultimately this guy was uh, let out of prison despite committing murder. Does that speak to the kind of people that they are, that they were helping these guys? Well, there, like you said, there are a lot of really good people in the world who are willing to donate time and and volunteer and stuff, or work hard to rehabilitate these guys. Um, I personally took all those classes and stuff before I went home because I had to. They were all mandatory. You had to have them before you saw the parole board. Did I feel like any of them helped me? The answer is no. Um, 
I, I just they they're kind of perfunctory. They go through the motions and they they didn't really care. They're just collecting a paycheck. Not saying they all were like that, and just my my particular experience, most of them were like that. They didn't seem to really really care. I think a lot of inmates, and all of us will agree, I'm sure, will play that role. They will play the role uh, of uh, rehabilitation to try and get let out, compassionate release, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And some guys are just playing the role. They're playing the game. And I did. I, I played the game, and I got out. But I was one of those guys who were rehabilitated. But I did it myself. I read filament, and it has to come from you. It has to come from your own heart. It has to come from God. So... Maybe they are. I can't speak to their heart. I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. Um, but I don't like the idea of letting a murderer out. Somebody who's, who is so sociopathic that they would murder their own parent. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I just don't think that person should ever be on the street again, in my opinion. So and, uh, to, ahead, to, to give you some insight about rehabilitative programs and how they operate, how the inmates operate amongst them. On that New York Post article, and I didn't see it until it came out. There is a picture with one inmate with the Menendez brothers, and I recognize that inmate. That inmate was on, I'm not going to say who he is, but he was on Alpha Yard. He was spearheading the whole rehabilitative programs for the whole entire yard. Because I would be next to the captain. He would be asking for extra yard time to go to extra buildings to push this rehabilitative services. Well, it didn't take long before they caught that guy with a lot of dope, a lot of drugs <laughs> in his cell. Figure. So. Yeah, they're doing the whole rehabilitation, or they say they're doing it, but they're also doing their side hustle or their hustle on the side. It's for alternative motives. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. They uh, I just had to plug in my phone. It was getting low, but I think I think everybody, like not everybody, but a lot of people, yeah, play the play the game. It's a game to them, and if they play it, you know, well enough, they can get out. I've seen guys get out. I knew a guy who was a, a June um. What a lifer, a juvenile lifer. He did 33 years in prison. His name was Tim Riddle. This guy, I could tell you stories for days with this kid. They finally let him out after 36 years, I think it was. And I'm telling you, I looked him up just to say hi. I said, how he's doing? His girlfriend said, he's a freaking train wreck. He's a drug addict. He's a thief. He's a scumbag. He's running around. So he was able to play the game after, after 36 years, get out. You have a second chance at life to go home, start a life. He even had a girlfriend and everything. And he just didn't care, man. He went straight into drugs and, and crap life. So you just don't know. Gunner, do you so, ever feel like do you ever feel like you're you're talking to yourself in your head that you there's a a worry that you could slip back into your old habits? Well, I don't know if you know this, but there's a TV series being made uh, right now. And I can't tell you what it's about, but it's a character that's very similar to myself. And that the, the basis of the character is he's a good man. He's an old retired guy, um, but he's flashing back on his life. And he's scared to be around people because he doesn't want to revert back to his old self. So he kind of lives like a recluse out in the woods. He doesn't want to be around people because it's not that he fears everybody. He fears what he might do to everybody if somebody pushes them to react. Do I feel that? No, I honestly don't, man. I, I personally, I do feel, I do get annoyed by certain people and feel like I just want to smash their heads in. I still do that, <laughs> but that's every day in prison. 
AB can tell you that every single day in prison, you I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating. Literally every single day in prison, you have violent thoughts about smashing somebody's head in or killing them. Yeah. Every day. That was for me. And I had to fight those urges so I could get home. Now it's not so bad. I'm like, I have a great life. I'm happy. I'm a writer. I have a apparel company. So I'm not thinking that. But if one knuckleheaded idiot, like some some troll or some young kid who's used to on the keyboard talking tough, bumps into me and says, F you old man, whatever. I can't promise you that I won't freaking break his jaw and then end up back in prison. So, I mean, I, I do struggle with it a little bit. But I, I just love my life too much to do it. And uh, I know you won't do it, Gunner. You're a good guy. Uh, Bundy Data here. AB, this one's right in your wheelhouse. And we'll start to wind up in a couple minutes because uh, Hector's been uh, very gracious with his time here. Why aren't males and females, AB, housed in prison, same prisons, unequal justice? Think about that. What would happen, AB? They won't put them together. It'd be too, it'd be too many baby mothers <laughs> running around. You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think they did. They did have it in Danbury, Connecticut, but I don't think that'll work. You know, what I mean? you, you want me to drop a bombshell on you guys? Yeah. yeah. CCWF, uh, California Central Women's Facility, and CIW, California Institute for Women. If you are a man and you identify as a female, you will get housed. There are men housed on a female institution. I will right definitely now. be. I would definitely be identifying as a woman. Yeah. That's one a, way. That is the truth for the uh, world I'll, to know. I'll be, well, wearing, a, I'll be wearing a pink I, I ain't trying to go back, so I ain't trying to do that. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? There's too many out here. Right, hey, right, right. You'll see me in a pink skirt before you can see <laughs> Steve Cohen. I'll be wearing that. Uh, listen, this is the same person. I'm giving her, I'm purposely addressing Ames's concerns because she thinks that we are not. And uh, she says to you, Hector, this guy talks about the violence in the prison, but also says I was never attacked in 18 years. I work in a special needs school and I've been attacked more than you. Let me just say one thing. Yesterday was Memorial Day. This guy, Hector, that you're looking at, he fought for our country in, in violent ways. Uh, he said it very subtly. Um, he saw loss of life. I may have participated. I don't want to speak for him in ending people's lives. This guy is an American hero. Any which way you cut it, Amen. Uh, give him all the respect in the world. Um, Thank you, guys. But, Thank you. But, but Hector, to you, um, and then he went and worked in the prison system, which is not an easy thing to do. Uh, you weren't attacked because you probably knew how to act uh, from your years in, in the military, too. But what do you say to this woman? Um. I mean, you you just said it. You know, I'll never claim to be a badass. I'll never claim. I'll, I will never do that. It's not my style. But I, I knew how to carry myself in there. And if I didn't know how initially, I learned real quick. Uh, everybody reads everybody in there, right? Um, even out here on the streets, I ask myself, why haven't I been robbed at, a, at an ATM machine? And I have friends that used to gangbang and rob people. They're like, because we look for easy victims. We look for easy victims. Right. We, don't want, we don't want to go against a fight. Maybe they saw a fight in me. I want to say something. I want to say something. You know, prison can be a bad spot, but in prison, it's respect. You get where I'm coming from? So it's a lot of people that, you know, is at your school, their parents not showing these kids respect. You know what I mean? If, if, if more people respect people, you wouldn't have all these problems. 
They lost the respect for adults. They lost respect for kids. They lost respect for your grandmother. There's no more respect because parents, bad parents. Yeah, and they, they, they by all accounts, were horrific parents. Um, we asked you about Eric early on, uh, Hector, but uh, Letitia wants to know your first impression of Lyle. Lyle was the one that came from Yule Creek. Uh, he seemed more... Eric is the one that seemed more OG, more uh, more physically fit, more Lyle seemed more... I don't know who they are in ages or who was... Maybe one with an older brother, maybe one was younger and followed the other one's lead. But you can definitely tell one of them carries themselves like less than or the follower of the other said brother. Hmm. Um, Did they get extorted on the yard? I'm just curious. Because as you I mentioned, don't think they, nah, they wouldn't get extorted because they on that type of yard. Let's just say they were probably the more, you know, more dominant, more alpha on that type of yard. Yeah, but that don't mean nothing, man. Like the gangs can extort anyone, or the groups can extort anyone. I don't care who you are. Even if they 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 came to me and said you're gonna pay to be on this yard because I got money, I had, I had my choice would be start stabbing mother uppers, go to the hole, get out, stab them again and again and again, and you're at war. That I that I seen that happen in, in prisons. The guys like him, I knew a guy who was a um, Chaldean. He was an Arab gangster. And uh, they, he had a lot of money. He was a big, big mother after, like six foot six, 350 pound monster. And the second he got out of the hole, they were on him, stored him, saying, You're going to pay up because he is a millionaire. They had millions. So uh, sometimes I, that's what I wanted. It, it, it's a soft yard. It's not a hard it's yard a, by any, by it. It's not a, it's one, it's one step away from freedom. That yard is one okay. step away from freedom. Uh, yeah. And everybody knows it. By the way, baby doll's back. <laughs> Look at Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Gunner, Baby Doll's yeah. got a thing for AB, so you're coming in late on the on the joke here. I see uh, that. AB's a player. I'm not surprised. Yeah, uh, Gunner, listen to this. So um, there are two big things going on right now, which is why there's talk that the Menendez brothers are going to be free. One is a documentary that uh, one of the you remember that old band Menudo. Well, one of the guys from yeah. that band, Ricky Martin, was in it. Came forward and said, "I was also sexually abused by Lyle and Eric's father," but then. There was a letter that came up um, from the 1980s. And in that letter, and I'm quoting now, uh, Eric is writing to his cousin and he says, I never know when it's going to happen and it's driving me crazy. Every night I stay up thinking he might come in. I need to put it out of my mind. Um, I know what you said before. He's speaking to his cousin, but I'm afraid. You just don't know my dad like I do. He's crazy. Uh, and he's warned me a hundred times about telling anyone, especially Lyle. Uh, the bottom line is here, it sounds like Eric was really scared of his father. They were being raped, um, like anally raped by their father. Um, like child molesters are obviously on the lowest totem pole in prison, right, Gunner? So I would have wanted to kill him, too. So, I mean, me, I would have done the same thing. I would have done the same thing. But I would have got away with it. You can't, you can't, you can't be mad at him where but this is the man that brought you into this world and this is the man that trying to make you his wife yeah i, I mean i hear you ab but gunner to you um does that kind of excuse the the hideousness of the murders at all 
I believe so. Hell yeah. I mean, if that's what was really happening in that letter, that could be defined as maybe he was just beating on him, slapping around, clean your room, whatever. But if they were really, if he was really raping the kids, I 100% give him a pass. I, 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 like, I'm almost sad that he didn't get away with it. They didn't get away with it. If this guy is a rapist, pedophile, like lunatic scumbag, I'm like, damn, they should have got away with it and got the money. I mean, because that's how I feel about pedophiles, rapists. By the way, Stella Dora says Robert Rand knows the brothers a lot better than this guy. He directed the movie. I'm not so <laughs> sure about that, by the way. Why not ask him to be on the show? We've asked him numerous times. We asked him again yesterday, and hopefully he will come on. He's got an open uh, invitation. He did the documentary with a woman named Neary Yinklin, who I also reached out to today uh, to try to get these people. So don't think... Uh, I'm not trying to hold up my end of the bargain. And those guys, including, if they are listening, Lyle and Eric Menendez, I played tennis with you at the East Brunswick Racket Club. You guys have an open invite. Um, Hector, if they wanted to come on the show, can they get on uh, StreamYard in the yard anyway to, for them to do that? <clears throat> yeah. To, for you to make that happen, just drop that link onto your comment section, and they'll just hit that little button in their contraband cell phone, in their cell, and yeah. they'll get on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make that make that link accessible to them. All they have to do is push the button on their cell phone. What what's the best way for me to reach out to them? You know, and by the way, I'll go on JPay. the record. Hit them with um, a JPay. <laughs> what's that? Hit them with a JPay, prison JPay. email. The problem is if they do come on and it's going to get out there, then the COs are gonna say he's got a phone. So they're gonna they're shake gonna, him down, find the phone. They're yeah, they're gonna go gaffle him up and get that phone. They yeah. wouldn't do it. I, I That's just why they I won't wanna, do it. By the way, I want to go on the record. I, I knew these guys vaguely. I don't think they would ever remember me, but we have friends in common. It's going back to 1986, 87. Had the same tennis coach, Brad Werner. Um, if these guys are listening, I do think that they've served their time. I think that they had horrific circumstances. I would like to see them get a chance at freedom. Um, I like to bring on all kinds of uh, views, opposing views. And by the way, I don't think Hector's saying he doesn't think that they should get their freedom. I think he is just pointing out his perception of what they were like um, when he was a lieutenant as a corrections officer. And by the way, that's not a low-ranking correction officer. A lieutenant is pretty high up. Yeah. Um, and these are just his observations. So um, before we go, uh, Hector, tell us about um, your YouTube channel, because I know you're running that now. Um, and I uh, want to make sure that you get your your plug in for that. It is called uh, that prison guard. What do you what do you talk about? How often are the shows on? Uh, I, I put one, put one out every morning, every morning at six in the morning. And basically, like I said, I had a muzzle on my mouth for 16 years. We were not able to tell the truth. And I just wanted to come out and tell the public, like, hey, we're humans just like everybody else. You know, the media mm -hmm. portrays the, the bad guys and the good guys are always at each other's throats. Any of these two gentlemen can tell you in there, it's, it's not like that. You communicate, you talk. Hey, man, yeah. what's up? How's your day going? What's up? All right, everything cool? Yeah. It's, uh, it's easier for them. Let me, it's easier for them to pit us against each other so they can get away with their dirt at the top. Uh, Cindy Hollenbeck, Eric and Lyle were not molested. They were raped repeatedly for years, and Jose took away their power, their voices. I would argue he took away their childhood. He was a tyrant. These young men were treated like nothing. So um, that is an important distinction to make. They were not just being molested. They were being violently uh, raped. 
Uh, Hector, you also have a book out called Operation Yard Call, an in-depth guide to working inside a correctional facility. Uh, who's that for? What's it about? Uh, yeah, Operation Yard Recall. It's on Amazon. Before I left, I told one partner I was going to retire or quit. And he said, hey, man, before you quit, you should write a book of everything you've, you've taught us or lessons that you've learned to give back to the, you know, a respect, how to be respectful towards uh, convicts and inmates. That's in there. Um, communication skills, safety and security things, uh, transportation. So just, uh, you know, tools of the trades learned along the way is passed down from generation to generation. That's a, that's a, la that's a lack of a, that's a dying breed right now. Uh, Hector. Uh, Nightwood, do you think the brothers are remorseful at all? Uh, putting aside that you think they're a little uh, high maintenance, maybe, uh, do you think they're remorseful at all at this point? Uh, personally, no, I don't think they're remorseful. I've seen remorseful people. What What does a remorseful person look like? It might be a dumb question, but I'm curious. A.B. saying him. <laughs> I mean, I like to say this, too. That I, I, do you know who White Boy Rick is? Any yeah. Of you guys? Yeah. Okay. So I'm friends with White Boy Rick. I talk to him pretty frequently. Not, not so, like, when I'm, so Steve not Cohen. Boy. So here's a guy, White Boy Rick, and you're talking about a documentary. Oh no, the cops are coming. You're talking about they, my friend Seth Parente made a documentary on White Boy Rick that went viral on Netflix, 11 million downloads. But the reason that he got out was because right before he got out, people brought uh, his case to the public eye and put him out there and said, this guy's been down for 33 years for some, for a couple kilos of Coke. It really wasn't that much. Everybody else had been released, but they charged him with the Kingpin act because he knew things about the politicians and stuff. I talked to him. I watched him. Here's a guy who's very, he is remorseful. He hates that he spent 33 years in prison, but he also now just wants to be a good guy. He has a pop brand, and, and he, he's like me, all right? He, he just wants to live his life and forget all those years in prison. Like me, I've written 10 novels. I own an apparel company. I'm a radio host, and I just try to be the best me that I can with the years that I got left. I try to treat my wife well and have a good life, do a lot of trout fishing and have fun. But I don't – I don't. people can look back at me. I share, I've just done the Connect, a really big uh, YouTube channel. And I told all these stories about the crazy shit that I did. I mean, crazy. Now, listening to me say that, you would have thought, this guy's a freaking lunatic, man. He's like a total bad guy, which I was. However, I went away and said, I'm done with the bad guy stuff. I, I want to be a good guy. And I am. So I'm not saying that the Mendez brothers can't change. Me. I don't know what they are, but I believe people can't change. And after hearing that the guys were raped, I say let them out. I think they'll I, never kill them. I agree. I agree with Gunner. Uh, they've served enough time. Uh, Shaquille O'Meal, AB, this one's for you. We'll start to wrap her up. They have been in prison for 34 years. You were in there for 30, I think, AB. Uh, Jesus Cristo, I wouldn't know how to act in the free world, followed by can they survive on the outside, in your opinion? Um, we've all seen Shawshank Redemption where the old man is let out. He doesn't know what to do because he was a lifer. He gets out, doesn't know. Uh, would the Menendez brothers, A.B., would they acclimate to uh, society? Listen, let me tell you something. Prison is no different than being on the street. Only thing changed is the buildings and the cars. It'd be the same old Zach. You know, they're going to move the way they move. They play tennis. They work out. It's a gym. 
it, it's not hard. You know what I mean? You ain't got to be programmed. You could do it. It's not hard. It's not hey, hard. What can we? Uh, what can we plug for you, my man? Who's that? Uh, you, AB. Anything we can plug? Oh no, no, no! I'm just here. You know what I mean? AB Butler nine one four. That's where you can find me at. Facebook, AB Butler. You know, back in the game entertainment. You see that's, it. It's the well, brand. That's important for Baby Doll who's watching. Uh, Menendez brothers are lames, according to Safe Guide. That is uh, one comment. But uh, uh, by the way, it looks like Hector's uh, signal dropped out. But it's perfect timing since we are uh, we are wrapping up here. Uh, last but not least, and I'm glad he showed up. You got Gunner Allen Lindblom, a former criminal and mafia enforcer in. Detroit spent 13 years in prison for extortion, armed robbery, bank robbery, and 17 other capital crimes. But he's got his stuff together now. He's got his own YouTube channel, My Thing, Tales of a Reform Gangster, as well as the author of To Be a King, Volumes 1 and 2. Uh, what else you got to plug here? Well, my, my, my YouTube channel is actually called Gunner Detroit or Gunner Limbloom. You go to Gunner Detroit or Gunner Limbloom, it'll come up. And I got I share a lot of stories. I used to do interviews. I just don't have time anymore because I'm working on this TV project. And um, just it eats up a lot of time. I got a new novel coming out. It's about two cocaine kingpins. It's called The Snowman Chronicles. It'll come out later this summer, late this summer. Um, so check that out, but check out to be a King volume one and two. It's about a mafia story set in Detroit. People are comparing it to the Godfather all the time. They're saying, well, this is the next Godfather. Just check out the reviews. That's all I ask. And I, I, I can't only plug myself so much without sounding like a narcissist, but if you check out the reviews, you can see they're all real and, um, uh, people are really, they really enjoy the book. They're two very long books, over 500 pages each. And I own our thing apparel. Uh, let me see if I can get this on there. And this oh, is it's custom made to your city. So like mine says Detroit, our thing. Yours would say, you know, whatever city you're in. It could be Cleveland, or, uh, Miami, New York, Brooklyn, Bronx, whatever. And all of our apparel is like that. Um, it says, uh, has the design to say our thing in your city with our logo. On the back, it'll say our thing with your logo. But pretty cool stuff, track suits and, and jackets. What, what, and what's like the that. website for that? Ourthing.com or what? OurThingApparel.com. Check it out. Just do a little surfing there. Go, just check out the website. Go to the gallery. Look out and see what we got. OurThingApparel.com. And uh, and I got a radio show on Nine Ten Superstation every Friday. I interview authors. I have uh, guest authors that come on and share their kind of their story behind their books and the evolution of the books. It's a lot of fun. So I want uh, I want that Detroit hat. I'm going to order it. Um, Hector. Yeah. Um, by the way, Boom Girl says I appreciate hearing different points of view. Thank you. Uh, Hector, uh, before your final words, what do you think about A, B, and Gunner that they served their time, they got out, and they're leading productive lives now? Oh, that's great. That's great. I like to see that. I was seeing changes on the inside with individuals. You know, that's kind of what was driving me out as well. Like, man, my my thought process isn't set. You know, you're, you're trained to be without, like, uh, you can't get emotionally involved in the job, right? So I started seeing people change for the better. I even interview former incarcerated inmates on my channel, guys that were on the same yard with me. Let them tell their story of hope, of, of the mistakes they made when they were younger, the changes they made, and how they're giving back to society now. Yeah, kudos. Yeah. I'm all about that. I'll do your show, bro. Holler at me. I got a crazy story. I'll, For I'll, sure, dude. I'll, I'll connect you guys. Alley Cat, the sure. both of, oh, there's a problem here. She says the both of these guys are gorgeous. There's four of us here. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. By the way, Natasha says, you guys. <laughs> you're all buff and stuff, LOL. I don't even know what the hell that means. And then we've got Gunner, you go. Uh, Century Combustion says, OMG, Gunner cracks me up. These guys are so interesting. Um, too bad I'm my YouTube channel. If it, I got a million stories. They're all crazy. Check that out. Gunner if Detroit. Married, if I wasn't married with my wife, I'd be hanging out with these guys in Miami. I'd bring them. I'd, I'd get them down here because uh, obviously nice. the, the, the women are interested. Um, Hector, your final thoughts. I mean, let me ask you this. Why, why did you want to come on today? Why did you want to talk to the New York Post? And then your final thoughts. They actually reached out to me because um, they seen that I had walked away, that I was a free agent, and I could speak on it. So I gave my my two cents on the matter. And uh, any final thoughts? Just uh, recapping the Menendez brothers and uh, uh, where you think my, fi my final thoughts are, so nobody's surprised, this is California. California has been letting a lot of people out, man. So it's not far-fetched for them to get out at all. Um, and if they do get out, I hope they have a plan and I hope they thrive. But we'll see what happens. Um, could they do a live from prison? My friend Ski Hat Sarah is asking. We talked about that. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to see if we can do it. Um, we got that New Jersey connection. So uh, I'll see if we can make it happen along with the uh, help. The man with the Midas touch is Steve Cohen, of course. Um, and Steve Cohen would never make it in prison, A.B. Uh, quick programming note. Tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern time, we've got the state, Florida State Attorney Dave Arenberg and L.A. Criminal Defense Attorney Sarah Azari talking about this very topic. Legally, what are the chances of them getting out? Um, one is a prosecutor. One is a criminal defense attorney. We'll hear from them. And then Thursday night, 7 p.m., the legend, Dr. Ann Burgess, who's been on the show before with Dr. John Conte. They're both uh, experts in uh, vic in what victims go through, uh, specifically sexual abuse and child abuse. Uh, they both testified, as I said, at that original trial, and they will be here Thursday, 7 p.m. to discuss this case as well. And then, of course, Friday, 5 p.m., Great Scott, it's your true crime Phil with Detective Phil Waters and FBI agent Scott Duffy. Until then... Wait, 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 quick question. I just want to ask, do you know if these guys are going to be able to profit from this story because if they get out, they're going to want money. They're going to get a movie deal. Can they make, can they be allowed to do a movie f based on their life and get paid for it or do a book deal? Cause that's how they're going to make money when they get out. Will they be allowed to do that? I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to ask the lawyers tomorrow. I think that if they're out, they can, but Hector, do you know the answer? I don't know the answer. That's a good question. Yeah. I think there'll be uh, a ton of deals thrown their way. Sure, um, yeah. And they will, by the way, they were very, the father was the president of RCA Records. They were extremely wealthy. And I don't know where all that family money has gone uh, since they were incarcerated. So uh, I'd be curious to know uh, about that as well. If I get them on the show, uh, maybe I can ask them. But again, um, thank you everyone for watching. Until next time, love you, America. Love you, Brooklyn. Love you, Southern California. Love you, Detroit. Until next time. Final seconds of the game, a chance to score and...
the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.